The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Whether you're looking to buy your first car, your dream car, auto purchases are big investments. But Navy Federal Credit Union makes it simple with their fast and easy auto loan process. Find out more at NavyFederal.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hello there, Team Never Quit Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name's Andrew, joined by Marcus and Morgan Luttrell. We're excited today to have Will Chesney on today's show. He's a Navy SEAL, the author of No Ordinary Dog, which shares the story of Will's canine partner, Cairo, friendship, and the historic Bin Laden raid. But before we get to that interview, we got a Patreon question of the day. Marcus Morgan, Dusty asks, why did you guys not join the Navy right after high school? Our high school guidance counselor told us we were too stupid to go to college and said, hey, you guys need to go to, go to a trade school. I wanted to be a naval officer. Yeah, our high school guidance counselor was like, you guys, you guys aren't built for academia. You should go to a trade school. Or, and they said join the military. I wanted to be, I wanted to be an officer, a naval officer eventually, and I knew I had to have a college degree to do that. Okay, so I didn't want to do any of that in the beginning, but he's the older brother, so he kind of called the shot. So we kind of started going down that route. And um, college is a great social experiment as well. I mean, it kind of gets you out of the house. And we, we, I mean, we still have the friends we had from college, and it just teaches you a little bit more about yourself. Or you can just get shotgun straight into it. With us, it took a little bit of time, and we, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, make no mistake about it. College was not an educational experience as far as <laughs> academia goes. It was it, uh, not, it was uh, out of the it was out away from what we were used to and becoming men and living on our own and learning to network yeah. and survive. I think that's why we stuck it out. Because I graduated yeah. with a 2.03 GPA. I last in my class. Yeah, we kind of did the education thing the back way. You went out and did all the hard stuff in the beginning, then you went to college to see how much you had learned through life. And obviously, look at my brother. He, he obviously picked up a lot of stuff. I didn't. Um, I think that's the answer to that question. Thanks, Dusty, for asking that question. If you want exclusive access to the show, bonus behind-the-scenes content, you can join us on Patreon. Uh, there's awesome uh, perks like coupon codes to the shop, some sweet swag, challenge coins, hats like the one I'm rocking right now. And you can get rare access to Morgan, Marcus, and all of our incredible guests. You can join us at patreon.com slash teamneverquit. All right, guys, let's get to the show. Hey, Will, welcome on the podcast, man. Excited to have you. Hey, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Big man. <laughs> Living the good life. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Living the good I, I, life out this... back home in Texas. Yeah. Back in the great state. It's the stars are bright. <laughs> yeah. Like if you had the opportunity to wear a trident, you I'm saying love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> what? Love is blind, damn it. What? <laughs> I, I'm not a talker. I'm not a talker. 
I hear you. Not either. <laughs> hey, man, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, bro. So this is a miracle that this this is happening. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. I just got interweb the other day. It I don't even know what that is, but it sounds sexy. Fun. Well, Will, why don't you kick us off by telling us kind of like your journey into the into the teams in the first place? Well, say I grew up in Texas, southeast Texas. I grew up in a trailer park. You know, nothing too crazy. Played football. It's a pretty normal Texas childhood. Good parents, great Sounds parents. pretty regular. Yeah. Then uh, played football, of course. Uh, did the work program, so I'd cut out of school a little early when I, when I was in high school. Played when I could, but I had to work as well. I always wanted to join the military. I was a kid, but I'd probably middle school, early high school, maybe. I, went, I decided I wanted to be a SEAL. I love the water. You know. Do you have any family in the military before you? My grandpa was in the Navy. He was a CB. You know, but we, he didn't really talk. Forefather, forefather. There you go. He didn't really tell me talk to me uh or talk, tell me too many stories. He didn't talk about it, his time in the Navy too much. He would have. Man, we got we got some cousins that are CVs. Granddaddy's still uh, granddaddy still walking around. Station. Will or is he passed on? Nah, they, my, I've lost both my grandparents. So uh, I was in. It's like the looking back now, man. I was like thinking about it. How many times you get to come back home on leave? You know, that's only a certain amount of times over the years. And how many minutes is that you get to spend with the people you love? And, Looking back now, I was like, "Dang it, I should have, I don't know, reached out to them more." So they're no, they're not, they're both gone. But my parents are. Man, here. stop doing that! Don't beat yourself up about that. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, we all we all do that. Definitely, but I just try to keep that in mind these days. It's like didn't realize it when I was in the military, just young kid running a gun, loving my job, and still love my grandparents. I just you know, looking back now, it's like, dang. I don't well, you kind of had a lot it, going on, Will. A little bit. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but. Because our grandparents are great too. We 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 got a chance to have them, and man, the stuff that they would teach us—something they don't even do anymore around in the modern age—and uh, that's the stuff that I regret too. I was like, I wish I would have paid attention more when they were teaching us how to do that stuff. Definitely, man. Like my grandpa always doing something, always in the shop, and my grandma. I wish she would have uh, taught me piano or something. I remember her playing piano. Uh, yeah. Joined the Navy about two months after. I signed up when I was 17, so I did the delayed entry program, I think is what it was called. So had I'm gone. So how was it? Yeah, I had to go home and convince my parents <laughs> not only join the Navy, uh, but to sign up to be a Navy SEAL. My mom was a little, you know, she took a little more convincing. <laughs> my dad was, you know, he signed pretty quick. But uh, they ended up coming around. They knew by the time I turned 18, I was, I was going to head off anyways. It was obviously what I had my heart set on and nothing was going to stop me. But I worked for a few You start training for it. I'm sorry. Did you start training for that earlier? What, what, how'd you find out about the SEAL program? Yeah. What made, I just wanted well, you know, obviously I heard about SEAL training, uh, watching commando as a kid, you know, Arnold, I remember my mom, like I colored myself with black crayons and she whooped my butt because having to rinse me off in the shower for like, you know, camo went up with crayon and, uh, you know, watching, Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen. It's just all that. I love the water. And I was like, boom, if I'm going to do it, I want to, I want to test myself. And, you know, you guys know the deal. See if we have what it takes. Oh, what man. Because when I said I want to be a Navy SEAL, how many people you think looked at me like an idiot? Like, yeah. sure. like all right. Same. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. are the same two movies we watched. Yeah. <laughs> My, our mother rented that movie from, from the video store. And we would literally watch it over and over again. Over. And, and when Navy SEALs came on with Charlie... I mean, he's our generation. That, he's the one that produced our generation of frogmen. That's why we act the way we do. <laughs> right. You know, that's the truth. 
that, and that documentary silent option. Those, the, you know, you put some of those together. That's why we're all movie buffs because that shit raised us, man. And Definitely. always on the water. I mean, even in the wintertime, find something to do out there. Yeah, I, I'm not a very fast swimmer. I was pretty, I'm a little slower when it comes to there's some great swimmers in the class, you know, like college level swimmers. And oh, it took everything time. in me, you know, every ocean swim was what, 40 minutes of just flutter kicking pain, but I was pretty, I was real comfortable. So in 80 minutes, 40 minutes. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? Minutes. Yeah, 70, no, 75, right? 75. Like, Wait a minute. You could swim two miles in 40 minutes because I am a fast swimmer. I could it's the only thing I was good at. Jesus, <laughs> man, you had those rocket. Uh, I heard now they got jet fins, yep. like, like real jets, not just the <laughs> old school jet ones we had. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. 40 minutes. What the hell? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. That's funny. No, no, I'd have. Uh, I was a slow swimmer. I so was, I was being comfortable, like you know, the drown proof, and it was fairly simple. I had my swim buddy, though. Well, not my swim buddy, but one of my my roommate, uh, Jason Higgins. He was a slow runner, but he could swim. So he would. Uh, I'd be doing the ocean swim, two mile ocean swim, and just in pain, not loving my life, and looking at him. And he's. He'd be sitting there like dolphin kicking. He'd be going under me and over me and him and another guy. And <laughs> fun. And I'm just like, dude, I hate you guys. But when it came to the run, you know, he's a little bit slower on the run. So we would all like get together, pull him to V. You're just pushing him from the back and teamwork, all that good stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, yeah. there's a lot of us in the teams because of that that combination. Because uh, that's the only way I got through. I, I mean, I, there's I had to be pulled and pushed through the runs. Yeah. That's how bad it was. The swim is no problem. Yeah, because the guy who pulled me through the run couldn't swim fast enough. So I, I pulled him. It was a give and take. I, you know, I love that man. Oh, yeah. JB, thank you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, when did you come in? What year? Uh, graduated 2002, so I left 2002. Worked with a few months with my father. So yeah, you're asking, uh, after high school, I joined or started working with my father. He did cell phone tower communications. He built them. And I am terrified of heights. Like, I don't like heights at all, man. So it was a win-win. It was a good paying job, like more than I was used to making, working at the washing dishes or whatever. And uh, it was a good time to spend with my father before I left. And then I was like, all right, let's see if I can suck it up buttercup and get up that tower. I did not like heights, and it was like, all right, see if, see if we'll do it, man. I did. <laughs> you got you you joined the teams in two thousand and two. I mean, you got into buds in two thousand and two. Yeah, graduate. Yeah, joined bud two thousand two. Joined. I graduated in November two thousand three. So, you know, joined the boot camp. It's hard to remember. August. Yeah, two thousand two. Wait, you two four zero yeah, I'm trying to remember my, to remember my hoo class. Hey, which class? Which class uh, had the all guys die and cut it down on Thursday? Was that two four seven? No, it's two three five. I was there. If for you're that. in the first three hundred, that's our class. <laughs> you got the, the Vietnam separation. Then now we're the old guys. That's unbelievable. We're not old. Hey, don't you, you know say? What I mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> class for me, boy. <laughs> you put that on me. No blaspheming down here. <laughs> you put that, don't you put that voodoo on me. Right. Don't, don't you put that on me. We're in a prime. 
<laughs> That's right. Damn right. Yeah, Damn right. the first 20 part of this, they had to hammer all the steel into place to make sure it was set. Yeah. And now they just got to, it may take a little bit to get some of them engines running, but that's okay. <laughs> They're running. That's it. You got to warm it up. It'll go. <laughs> warm that stuff it's up. It'll go. <laughs> It'll go. <laughs> oh, man. So graduated, then we went on to the teams. You only did a, you only did a couple of platoons that, before you went over to Damnick, right? I did two deployments with SEAL Team 4. First one was mostly PSD. So it was a little slow, but inexperience. And then the second deployment was Baghdad and, you know, with the whole Solder City thing. It was busy, much busier. Was, um, uh, and that was a long time ago now, looking back at that. Was Schweizer your CO? No. Doesn't it was. It was, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, I can't even remember. <laughs> That's what I love talking to guys. Like, yeah. I don't know my CO's name. Mass Chief was Mass Chief so-and-so, but. I can remember. Yes, sir. Some of the mass chiefs. There's a lot of stuff I don't remember. Come see me. I'm a brain guy, man. I can help you out. Yes, yes, definitely. We can definitely dive into some of that. I've, I've been aching to come out there and see you guys just to. Yeah. Can't go and believe this place. I mean, it's great. <laughs> we got you now, though. I like it. Go, go ahead. <laughs> How, all right. Hey, I, I know a lot of people like to hear this when we talk to the team guys now. I get a lot of notes on. So, what, what, when you started, were you a summer or winter? How many guys were in your class? Do you remember that when you started? How many did you guys come out with? Yeah, we were summer class. So they made up for us. We called it in our Hell Week shirts. We said, that beat we, down. Oh, the beat down. We called the hammer class. So we put on Hell Week shirts because, and then, Doc, I don't know what we started with. I think it's, I think it's in the book, but the official numbers, then looked up you know, a couple hundred. Graduated yeah. with 22 originals, 44 ish total, I think. And uh, we lost a lot of guys in Indoc because they're like, oh, you're a summer class and they just hammer us it was hammer good it. yeah yeah i'll make up for it <laughs> that water's still cold <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Temper that steel. It's really hot, really cold, and beat the mess out of it. You can't pull. You're going to get both. Oh, you're going to get it. <laughs> Don't make that happen. Right after we kind of went through, there was guys that had the contracts that were getting paid to go through Hell Week, or they would get paid if they went back through Hell Week or back through Buds. I was like, I would never do that. Some guys said they had a good time. There. I was like, I don't know. You must not have been putting out as hard as I was then. <laughs> Man, that's... I did, that, that thing sucked. Yeah. I mean, the guys, obviously, that's you got to have a pretty good sense of humor to get through all that crap. But I definitely don't miss going through the crap. I miss the grab-ass jokes. <laughs> some, yeah. Oh, great times doing that. But going back through Hell Week again? Mm, you better be worth it. What are we doing? Uh, Why am I doing this? <laughs> right. All right. Get over to Damn Neck. Tell us that story. <sighs> Squeezed by. Uh, got people out there who don't know. Damn next, basically like a, another buds for seals. Just there, they know everybody's not going to quit. I was lucky enough to make it through that process and uh, make it to my squadron. Had too many hiccups, I guess. <laughs> Got over there, man. That was, you know, one of the greatest days of my life. You know, showing up over there, being around a great group of guys. So hey, so when you graduate, I don't think I've ever asked anybody this. When you graduate green team, and, and you're right, for people who don't know, to go to, to Damnick over to SEAL Team 6, you got to go. It's like going back through Buds again. There's a whole deal. 
and he, they know you're not going to quit. So there's a pizza snot out of you. And, and from what I understand, I only made it to five. I never made it to six. When, uh, when, when you guys get into the program, is it like when we finished up buds, like it's a graduate, like you feel that kind of, I, that's probably one of the best feelings ever I had was when we got to graduate uh, seal training. I remember that day. I can still smell the air. That was a, that was a, a life altering moment for me. I never thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Graduating buds, or making through hell week. Graduating buds, and then I remember when a guy I still love to this day. I worked with it uh, in my squad, and he, I remember him throwing the the patch at me. You're going here. That's cool, man. Oh yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> whoo. Just thinking about that right here, I feel it. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I can only imagine. Because yeah, the stress levels from what I you know I never went either, but I just talking to buddies that were over there with you guys, just like that green team is a nightmare. <laughs> you just got to stay. All the stress, you just got to form. No pressure. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, even even once you graduate, it's just like just like graduating buds. I was a pretty decent shot pretty good but when i showed up to my squadron i got i was like all right i'm gonna do this i'm gonna like you know get to the range i'm gonna first shoot and evolution i'm like all right i'm gonna try to beat everybody here <laughs> who are you kidding bro no like even how, like just coming out of that all that training and i thought i was pretty shit hot and like, no still got a lot long ways to go I think but that's the mind rub that's the mind rub it's like you come out of that so they're looking at you like you just went through all that and you're also feeling it and they're all laid back it's because, you know, when we get around all of them and you finally get your battery rhythm, and nobody, it's not that we don't give a shit. It's like, hey, that pressure's off because we all take it. And it's just, that's why everyone's so smooth, right? And when you're coming in trying to, to just to prove yourself, what you've already done going through all of that, that's the mind rubber. Like, okay, not only did I prove myself through everyone, I got to keep proving myself every time. And that's, man, once they beat that into it, that, that can never go away. It's kind of like when they take, when, it, when someone tells you to, to quit something now, like when they put you, when they just put it up, whatever they, make us do and then they come up like hey you need to quit that i'm like as soon as you say that word to me i'm cutting you out of my mind i was like we don't quit anything we'll find something to replace it or something else to do but you can't walk up to one of us and say hey quit you need to quit that like what 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 does that even mean every time they did that to me they would beat me to death and i'd have to be like yeah well you know i don't never quit right so once that once you go through those two those gauntlets and then i mean green teams i guess just to keep us humble right because of the amount of Watching you guys, the amount of fun you guys have. And I know y'all have fun because we're best friends with everybody and how much y'all talk about it. And that's what we do is we swap stories. That's what y'all are great at, making those great stories. So We all are, for sure. Yeah. Good times. I miss it I'll all. stop interrupting you so you can tell one. Ha! <laughs> ah. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. And then, but even when you get there, it's still, like you said, uh, you can go away at any time. If you don't keep up, if you don't perform, you, you know, Make yourself an asset, not a liability. I heard Jimmy Hedge say that the other day, and I'm like, yeah, that's the deal. If not, yeah, dude says it. you're fired, and it's nothing personal, but you know the stakes, and I don't want to be put in that position anyway. That's kind of towards the end of my career, which covers a little bit of my personal story in the book, but it, you know, towards the end of my career, just with my brain health and a lot of other stuff going on, just wasn't feeling the same. I felt like I was a liability, and when you get to that point, after so many great years with so many great guys in my life, that's all I know. I still have my family back here in Texas, but this is my family too. To walk away from that, just have to step down from that. That wasn't easy. Did, they, uh, did you go to NICO? Oh yeah. I went to NICO. To, 
I mean, luckily I had a great team leader who I love. He understood. They, um, they did everything po- that they possibly could. They threw everything at me that they could possibly have. Night go and try the gangling block a couple of times, tried every single modality that they had, they tried on me. Um, and it felt better here and there. And then these days, listening to podcasts, I started learning all, all of this other stuff, and breathing, meditating, stretching. Oh, buddy, trust Check me, I got out. stuff. I got stuff for you, man. Yeah. You, you can't even imagine. And I was one of the seals to go through NICO. Okay. I was one of the seals. I, probably, I mean, I'm going to go to my own horn. This. I, probably, I probably brought ganglionic block to the NSW. Well, people, how few people know that? Right. So, yeah, I've got some stuff that we can put, we'll send you to and get you lined out. It, um, it's not a cure-all, but for sure, it's another tool for your proverbial toolbox. That's all that these things are. That's a great, cool. dude. It's that's the greatest thing about seals. It's like yep. the, we're the we're the test cases. That's what you signed up for. Expendable, and that, it, just because you stepped away from that, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not one of those anymore. Problem is, is you just hadn't been activated. And then when you talk about like you came back to your Texas family, they're your family. That's right, and so are we. And what happens in the platoon space when you're like, I don't, this is my family. I was like. Other men, they were like in the platoon with you, are older than you. No one's the same age. It's brilliant in its design. And what happens is, uh, it's like trying to go to the same party or recreate the same party that you had the good times back in when you were in high school and shit. It doesn't work that way. That's that's so new times conform. And when you're stuck in that transition period, like man, I want to hold on to this because. And then the younger guys don't understand you because the minute you switch over, and, and you become the old man, which in our community is we, we're not old, right? They take that away from you. That was the hardest thing I had to do was when you walk into the room and everyone's, you know, all the boys stop laughing. You're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing for us because that's what we live off of. So once you remove the fuel from us, that, 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 that kind of fuel, you can't run like you used to. And, and you're trying it's your mind remembers it. And it's so it's like flashing those things in your head to like kickstart that engine. And when, when you're trying to putter in that, say it doesn't work. But, and that's why we make these new memories. Right now, we're just kind of in that cocoon phase. We peaked early. Is what we, all of our guys and our crew have been saying, like, hey, shit, apocalypse going down. We peaked early. <laughs> now we're just sitting at the house waiting for everybody else to go through it. So uh, <laughs> at, at no point in time, remember, nothing can put you down. You can barely even put yourself down if you try. Only, like a, only a, usually a bullet will do that. crazy it gets and i mean you can't even believe the crap the, the stuff my brother and i had to go through out here man it's a it's a typical team guy that's that's the kick it's like when you get out and they separate us normally when we go through this crap we're together so it's not a thing but the minute you pull us out and have, have us go through it by ourselves and this is to make us stronger that's the only reason it's happening is just to make you even stronger than you are because remember that you're a freaking navy seal there's only a handful of you on the planet earth ever the most lethal thing that ever walked earth I'm looking at it right now. So the minute you're sitting on that couch thinking you're anything other than that is, is, is you doing that to yourself because you are not engaged. <laughs> I mean, going yeah. to the bank and, and even driving down the road could be a mission in your head if you want it. 
and you and the way you roll. And the problem is, whatever it is you're watching, you're going to consume. That's what you're going to become. That's what a seal is. And they don't tell us that. So you're sitting there like, why the hell am I freaking this, that, and the other? I was like, well, look at my environment. Yep, I became exactly what's around me. So I need to, and there's no fuels to interject. And uh, that was the trick for me once I figured that out. Definitely. And I was like, why did I have to go through all that? Like, it was pretty rough drinking myself to death. I got up to 250 pounds. We were sitting there staring at my mom's house. I moved back in with my mom for a little bit because I could drink myself out of a job. Sitting there staring at the wall for a good 30 minutes to an hour, just like, what? is going on basically drinking myself to death but you're right like why did i have to go through all that and i think it was i mean the biggest thing i learned i think is my connection with god i've definitely improved on that losing the friends over the years wasn't easy as if you know we all know i think that affected my relationship now that that's back on track i feel better in brain health you know i think all these modalities kind of lead back to that but you know definitely my brain i want to get that working better and found some great people out there and it sounds like you guys have some great stuff as well. I just, you know, all these modalities, not every person is the same. So, you know, put all these tools in your toolbox. No one's the same. Nobody's the same. Put all these tools in the toolbox <laughs> in the shot. Right. That's it, man. That's it. The good Lord has a funny way of jerking a knot in your ass when it's time. Bro, you're right where you're supposed to be. That's it. We've all, you know, we kind of been sitting there and, and when you're checking in here, it's, gonna, it's to let you know, like, Hey, you're, you're on the path. Just keep keep charging forward. And your day is only as hard as you're going to make it. All right? Now, let's, tell me about the dog. I need to hear about that, dude. Ah, oh, the boy. I mean, he probably got me through some <laughs> some hard times as well. I mean, where do I even start? Get paired up. I don't, I don't even know that story. Like, when you get over there, how do you become a handler? I don't, if you can talk about that, do they even open that up? Yeah, definitely. The first deployment with the squadron, I saw how valuable they were. Like, I love dogs growing up. Huge dog guy. You got, you got to have a responsibility, right? You got to have collateral duty. What are you drawn towards? I love sniping. So at Team 4, I, I got the trifecta. I got comms, so a sniper, and JTAC. And I loved it. Perfect. That's a good setup. Oh, <laughs> awesome setup. I was yeah. gung-ho. Yeah, so then when I got to, to – when I saw the dogs at uh, my first deployment, I was like, I love dogs. And then they would just – save people's lives I'm like cool i gotta i gotta have a, a responsibility i'll take care of a dog for one opportunity to even have the chance to save one of my guys to get him out of a bad situation i'll take on that responsibility i mean i love dogs and it makes me an asset too right like you're gonna plug me in it might make me a little more valuable if something's going on which actually worked out like I, if it wasn't for the dog i wouldn't have been chosen to participate on the big mission either i mean can you can you give some insight on I don't even know if I can ask this or if I should ask this, but I know there's books out on it now, but how did that all go down? Can you, can you tell us? Are you allowed to say, I mean, I know there's all the non-disclosures and whatnot, but I was always interested and I'm sure everybody else out there is like how you, and then what happened from the time that they were like, Hey bro, guess what? And then till go time, what did that look like? Because it's the most badass mission ever. Okay, I just want to tell you that you were part of that. The fact that y'all wrecked a helicopter huh. is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, the fact that y'all did that and still got that mission done lets you know how awesome that squad was. Go Not ahead. Just, I'm sorry. I just had to that. Everybody that had something to do with that. I mean, you know, we, we can't do our job alone. I mean, we got to get there. The pilots crush it. The people who put together all the intel were awesome. Every single person came together to support that. But yeah, when think about that, the we're going after who we're going after, so no pressure. And then, helicopter—you almost die in the helicopter crash. Luckily, those guys are badass. 
and I saw Fulanda, I think. So you're, you almost die. You're after who, who you're going after. Those guys didn't even skip a beat. It actually improved the situation. <laughs> you know what I'm like that's that's the level that those guys are on. And you know, I I say I'm nobody. I mean, I I work my ass off to get there. We all know the deal. But considering compared to some of those guys, like you'll never hear their stories. But holy crap, those guys! You know, I earned my way there. But man, it was pretty crazy. Everybody, like even towards the end, just the, the way things flowed and there were some bad situations. So the book covers a lot of this, and you know, it took a long time to get it approved and. I still want to respect everybody that's still in. And I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to make anybody mad or getting my brothers hurt. We went through the approval process. Everything in the book is approved, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get uncomfortable talking about it. Definitely. And I'm sure. Yeah, no, no, you don't have to. I, I was just, but just yeah, even towards the end on x it was literally like something out of a movie. It's just the way to just watching those guys flow. And I mean, I go, me and Cairo had an essential job, which it covers in the book as well. And, I was just basically there to babysit him and watch him work. He, he uses his nose and do sweeps of the perimeter, any uh, explosives and tunnels. The same thing on the inside, looking for hidden rooms, you know. Dude, that's, mo- dude, that's a, a mobile sniper team. Swim buddies, I mean, we always go down two men. I mean, the guys going in and doing their thing, that's sexy as shit too. But, I mean, everyone looks at that dog as like a dog, like a regular dog. They don't understand that he's just like a human on force. I mean, they, and you all have code and talk and, and touch and everything like that. They, a lot of people don't appreciate. That's why your book's so uh, good to come out right now. And with people getting into the canine, world, especially when we're coming out now, like all the seals are getting done. Our generation is flowing back out. And what you've accomplished with that, and don't say yourself short. That's one of the coolest ones. Because you're out hanging out by yourself, and you know he'll find the stuff that not that no one else will. Oh yeah, remember that. Definitely, that was the coolest yeah. part. I say Cairo is valuable. He definitely needed Cairo on that mission for sure. But yeah, 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 he was an essential role, no doubt about it. We, I mean, I really thought that he was going to find something, uh, you know, considering who we were going after and we knew what the stakes were. I, mean, I, I knew that he was going to pick up on something and we, we were definitely a valuable asset. That's why I joined. That's why I wanted to be a dog hound in the, in the first place, you know? Well, bro, I, I got to tell you that, that JTAG sniper, uh, trifecta that you work right around with and, and are you a medic too no i love it though i, I uh okay and the dog handler that 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 kind of guarantees you, 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 you like we always were like hey volunteer for everything that way if mission goes down they need something you got that call for get it on so, yes you want to go on every stuff. mission possible right okay who doesn't want to go to comm school all right i'll go you gotta have comms guy <laughs> yeah comm yep that's it i worked out in my favor they're like you're going and i'm like cool i didn't care either way didn't realize what i was getting at the time and then afterwards i pushed for the other ones and i really had to push for sniper they wanted to send me to breacher i had to be very persistent and uh you can't cross those streams those two things don't cross those trees <laughs> that's the, that's what's one of the ways i wound up on uh red wing is because I, I had that that's well, I had the call, I had the 18 Delta call, so I had yeah. the four. That's yes, I wish if I would have known what I know now, like I love all that medical stuff, I would have definitely tried that out. It's the most beneficial skill to have out here now, right? The dog handling skill that you have and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. And I hear some guys saying, you know, there's no, there's no, we don't need snipers out in the civilian world. I'm like, well, not that call or that title, I mean, but everything that goes to being a sniper, like, you know, patience, discipline, the meticulous, all of that stuff comes into everything we do. Every skill set does. 
that's the cool part about it is like you can just take that skin off of it's that uniform but everything's already packed in there that's the pressure that comes with wearing that freaking trident most everybody else wear the eagle the gun everything in between there's only one group walking around with that trident and that's that's us with that water sign man and that's to beat that trust me brother you're ready for everything out here definitely But I agree with you. That medical training would, uh, looking back on it now, really wish I had more. But we did, we did quite a bit. I, I loved it. I, I'd hop on every single course that I possibly could. Obviously, it's nothing compared to the 18 Delta. <laughs> All right. So when you got, when you guys were got back, how did you wind up keeping him? Or is that kind of like the deal? When you guys get paired up, you just get to keep him. You've, uh, your handlers usually sorry, good or primary handlers usually good first choice. I was Cairo's primary handler once he um once i was done working him you know you do a couple of rotations and then it's time to go back to being the assaulter i handed him back over then i got just, we I got recalled i was in free fall jump master school like i said just we just got back from deployment i handed cairo back over to the kennel I knew he'd be in good hands with the, some of those mas over there and the other guys he was staying within the family and the squadron so he wouldn't be too far away it's good to be back to a shooter to being a shooter i went uh Free fall jump master with my best friend, Nick Check, one of my best friends. Uh, while Mr. we were Peace. there. I thought you were afraid of heights. Yeah, but you got to have that call if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasn't my favorite thing. But yeah, better keep up. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I get the free fall call, but I feel like the free fall jump master, that's like, you know, that's going the extra mile. Well, yeah, especially when we went to Arizona to do it, and it's not the best place. But I was there with my best friends. So I'm like, cool, at least I'm here with you, bro. We're going to have some fun a couple days in. I uh, get a phone call from my team leader. Like, hey, come back. Got your plane ticket. Pick up Cairo. Show up to the team room at this amount of time. I go back into the classroom. I'm like, hey, Nick, we got to go. Or whatever. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, I didn't I didn't get anything. So it was just me. I was like, huh, this is – so it was really weird from that point forward. I'm like, huh, it's like, why are they – why would they recall me and not him? I like to say, you know, Nick was – he was a better operator than I was, hands down. This is – that's what made it so weird. I'm like, why would they call me back? Not you. I'm like, I guess something with the dog. But uh, I was supposed to have turned him over already. But, you know, we, we were pretty busy. Things like this happen all the time. Somebody had some family stuff or something happening. So they just recalled me. I just got back from deployment. We were fresh. We knew what we were doing. Made sense. Like, hey, just come back from that school. Come grab him. We don't know exactly what's going on with something. Once that happened, you know, I was still young early twenties, probably tw or, you know, mid twenties, forget. And then, uh, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, cool. Whatever we're doing, I get to hang out with Cairo again. I hope it's something cool. Uh, we showed up into the team room, got home. No problem. I guess one of the funny things. Uh, <laughs> so leaving that course, I went and saw Nick and Nick's like, no, nah, I'm not getting recalled. I'm like, ha, have fun staying here by yourself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> for you, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. I probably Sucks slapped him in the you. mouth or something or, you know, probably not because he would beat me up but he got me back he the next day they were asking like hey where's your seal friend he's like oh he quit <laughs> i told the entire class <laughs> that i quit I'm like cool thanks man you got me good but yeah we got up or we got back grabbed the dog and uh things were a little weird at first they eventually told us what's going on we just did 
conducted training and made sure our affairs were in order. Uh, I they take y'all. They take y'all to train somewhere else. Yeah, we Will or y'all, y'all train right there? Both had a few places we went. <laughs> no, just the thing, same thing me and Cairo were doing before deployment. Just maybe we knew who we were going after is obviously different, so the pressure's on. How many helicopters have you crashed? I haven't been in zero helicopter crashes. <laughs> well, see, that's the cool part. That's what I'm talking about. Like the fact that you and you know the mission, I get that, and every guy, everybody I talk to from the office, like, bro, it's just like a regular deal. They all, all y'all say that. I'm like, hey, it's just like a regular deal. And it, and it was. I was like, yeah, but I mean, like Mojo's been in a helo crash, and, and, and y'all had one go down, and I have that changes everything when you have a fallen angel. Yeah. I mean, when that when that goes down, I mean, it's hard to keep your cool. I don't think I, I kept my cool. I don't think I remember looking as cool as everybody thinks I did when I was going through that crap. I don't. I don't that's not how I felt. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit. The fact that y'all, I mean, that's just a compliment to both you two, man, for go, get, having that one, going through that fire like that. God, dog. That, that's why that thing is different, because of who you were going after and the fact y'all put a bird down. Oh, no, definitely. Those pilots, thank God for those pilots and their amazing job. They got landed it safely. Those guys didn't skip a beat. Crushed how long, to, how long to when you got the notice that you were on the team till y'all went? It's hard to put my finger on exactly. We had a, we had a decent amount amount of time to train. Okay. And it, you know, it wasn't immediately told to us. So, is it guys you'd worked with before, or they they pulled together kind of a who's who of the zoo out of the team? They pulled together certain people. The only reason I was selected because Cairo, no, I, was Cairo. A, I was a good handler, or one of the handlers couldn't make it, and I was a I was ready to go. So, other I bet than that, kicking. I bet that handler's like, damn it. <laughs> Hey, I, I may not be what you want, but I'm damn sure what you need. <laughs> He's a great man. He's a great no, man. I see would say that all the time. Yeah. Now, Will, when was Cairo injured? I want to say it was 2009, June 2009. He was going after a couple bad guys, going to the compound. They heard we were coming. Four guys fled, two, two guys on two different little mopeds, loaded down. We uh, ended up. Following one hell, uh, ended up following one moped. They ended up getting to a tree line before we were allowed to engage. The ROEs didn't let us uh, allow us to drop bombs on the tree line once they had gotten there. So we landed the helicopter, made our way up to the uh, the tree line. There was a like a three or four foot low wall. Did the escalation of force? You know, since those guys were turds, they weren't really com- they weren't listening to us. <laughs> we did the escalation of force thing. Eventually, there was, I was told by my team leader, send Cairo in. I sent him off on the right-hand side. I ended up losing him in the trees. It's hard to keep track of the dog, you know, in the, in the dense brush. And then I just remember trying to make my way down the line. I'm looking for him. I hear gunshots. Cairo listened really well. So as soon as I heard gunshots, I tried to recall. I, rem- I don't know how long it took, but I knew after a certain amount of time, I knew something was wrong because he wasn't coming back. Eventually, I looked to my kind of down to the left, down my flank, and I see him, I see him down uh, 
down the way, coming back to me nice and slow. Started making my way to him, and then all of a sudden he collapses, and I, I immediately thought he was dead. I mean, when dogs get shot like that, they usually don't survive. It's, you know, it's a 70-pound dog taking a 7.62 round. He got shot through his chest and his leg, you know. So as soon as he collapsed, I'm like, shit, I, I figured he's dead immediately. Um, I knew my guys had the situation under control. They didn't really need me up there, so I was, I was able to make my way over to Cairo immediately. Uh, <clears throat> saw that he was still breathing, which was a great sign, but, you know, we weren't out of the weeds yet. I, you know, it wasn't like I was happy about it. I was just, you know, happy he's still still with us. One of the guys that was on the line, he had, he was a medic. He, he knew Cairo had been hit. The call came over the radio. He he was smart enough to come back and give me some assistance, and it was, it was great, man. It was everything that we had trained for in such a shitty situation. It was you know, it sucked the dog got shot, but to see that kind of flow in such a, I mean, think about that. The dog is shot. Things are going bad. Everybody, like, I knew to have been making my way over to him. He knew to come off the line. And as I'm getting, so we carry, you know, a specific med kit for the dogs. As I'm handing it to him, he's breaking it open and ripping out what he needs because he knows what he knows what he needs. I'm taking Cairo's vest off and putting his muzzle on. It's like just in time. So he's sticking his fingers inside Cairo's chest and Cairo's like, you know, he has a high pain tolerance, but when you're sticking your dog, your fingers inside of the dog's chest that just been shot, he's, he's a working dog. He might try to bite your fingers off. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, it was just perfect time. I had the muzzle on him. He was putting galls in his chest. And then if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure how that would have turned out. It was a time, time sensitive situation. Say so we did a pretty good job. It was just cool to see how that flowed seamlessly. They, they, they called in the, uh, the helicopter to come pick us up, you know, the Kazvac. Um, those helicopter pilots flew into a dangerous situation, just like any one of us would have gotten shot. On the bird, he was treated just like any soldier. He was worked on by a medic on the bird. When he got back to base, we didn't have a veterinarian. He was worked on by actual surgeons, continued to save his life. They did a great job. And then we got onto a vet. And as soon as we did, you know, those people continued to save his life. And everybody who had a part, I, I can't say thank you enough. He ended up pulling through. But that night when we got him to the vet, and he looked rough. I never obviously seen him like that. I laid with him the entire night on the floor. And in case he passed away, I wanted to have him, I wanted to be there. Um, he bounced back pretty quick, though. It was crazy to see kind of like those dogs, man. They can take some pain and tough as shit, man. They can take some freaking pain. They can take some Damn, pain. Man, like, dude, you just got shot the next day. Okay, you know, there's some pictures, which are in the book, like him walking slowly. Like, that's by far – him collapsing was weird. I've never seen you do that. And then him, like, just barely being able to make it outside uh, to be able to take a – to use the bathroom. Uh, just the fact that he was able to get up. And then not even too much longer after that, he had – like, we had sunglasses on him, and he's wagging his tail. It's like, there he is. All right, he's going to be good. Yeah. It was crazy. Those dogs, he broke his canine in half once. We're doing some training, and he, I don't know, crazy melon walls, did something, stuck it somewhere, broke it in half. I opened the, I opened the cage up, and I'm looking in. I thought it was a toenail or something. That's what was that? Look, and it's, it's his canine. Look, I pick up his, uh, you know, lip, and sure shit. <laughs> Take him to the vet, vet tech. <laughs> I wouldn't have, I would have never known he had an exposed nerve until the vet tech lifted up his lip and put his finger right on the nerve and then and the dog kind of wasn't happy. Cairo was pretty laid back, you know, for being a, you know, a working dog. Do that with some of those other dogs. See what happens. You're going to lose some of your face. <laughs> yeah. 
I've been saying, I was like, man, I wish I was half the man my dog, my dog thought I was, right? And I wish I was half as tough as they are. Because they were going to take a shot, keep going. Just say, hey, because hey, we're sitting there going, hey, man, you know, take a, take a day. <laughs> you know, walk down and lay up a little bit. Take some, some uh, load it off. Like, nah, nah, we'll get back into it. All right. Yeah, man. Let's get beat. Get back to work. Those people, even the people of Lackland who uh, rehabbed him, they crushed it because when he got back, we weren't sure how he was going to act. But uh, when I got reunited with him, it was great. He remembered me. Uh, jumped up into my – he liked to put his – like to jump up in your arms and put his paws here, and he had periodontal disease, his rot mouth. <laughs> he put his oh. mouth right here and just pant that hot trash air right in your face. So happy to see yeah. me. <laughs> Love you too, man. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Swing <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, by the store, get some Mentos and some milk bones. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Way beyond <me> Mentos. Yeah. <laughs> but he was happy. Uh, dude, I lost one the other day, and uh, it's so funny because with them, it's not that they can't communicate back. It's just you have to learn to communicate with them. And when you're with, no one can appreciate what when you're unless you're partnered up with a dog and spend as much time as we do with ours. You know, more than four, three or four hours a day. You spend all the time with them. There's that 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 bond is formed with them. And when they get snatched away, it's like, man, I was kind of, you know how we, we were doing earlier. It's like, man, I wish I had a, it's not that I didn't bitch at you because you were doing that. I was like, you know, but I missed the annoying part. So, you know, it's the little things in life. I think that are the blessing that they bring out. And so many ways. I've been a dog walker for going on 12 years now myself. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about the, the dog. I was just talking with Morgan before we got on about that. It's, sorry, man. Damn, bro, it happened so fast, man. You know, the little ones, they get hit. Yeah. She got hit right. So, you know, she got hit on the paw. And she was all furred up. You know, we're, we got this quarantine on. She looked like a, a used 50 cal boar brush. I mean, or a cotton swab. She was just, poof. Yeah. And I, so I just thought she had a sticker in her, in her hand because that's what she was normally sitting like that. Yep. And then, um, she got some incontinence going on, and then she threw up. And once once they got the goo goo doll, I, I was like, uh-oh. I mean, bro, fast. So it had to be a juvenile snake and yeah. just dump that whole load in, I guess. So I saw, you know how it works, man. They, yeah, buddy, you never know. You never know when you're going to lose them. That's when I'm, like, being, yeah. present, being present here with the dogs. They, they keep me, especially with all this stuff going on lately, I'm not used to all this. Uh my anxiety i'm not i'm not healed by any means i can't wait to get out there and see what you guys have going on to help me certain issues but um you know i don't they they keep me grounded when i'm stressed out well that's what that's what it's for yeah don't look at it like you got like the dog like man i got a sign to be a dog walker when i got out of teams like i literally had to take mr rigby around the earth and show him off like he's like hey i want to go to the states Uh, you know it's not like i was doing it and he was going with me i just reversed it like a team guy like i was I was there to facilitate him traveling around. Yeah. And it just, it takes a while, but don't worry, brother. You, you're stronger than you even know. Oh yeah, man. Getting no better. Skyro would hang out with you. <laughs> the dog's going to help me get through some stuff. We're going, especially like I said, that transition. And that was rough for Cairo. Good having him home. And then when he passed, I had another dog named Hagen. She was a real special girl too, man. I, I almost put her on, on the dedication for the book. I put you know, the books for Cairo and his story, but I almost put her name in there too. Cause she was great. She got me through his passing. And then when she passed, she all of a sudden, man started acting weird. Something attacked her thyroid or something. And she shut down within 
hours and she was gone. And then these dogs help me get through that. Yeah. I just never know. So it's like, be present with them while you can. And, you know, you could use that for my whole family. Like we were talking earlier, like all the amount of time that I spent coming home on leave. Okay. Now you only get so many, you get once a year. How many minutes is that spent with my grandparents? So you add all that time up. That's not that many minutes. And looking back on it now, it's like, you don't realize at that time, you don't have a whole lot of it sometimes. So when you're there, be present. <laughs> like use that time for seize the day, right? That's it. So you never know. Day. Never know, man. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit more about the book? Yeah, the book's called No Ordinary Dog. It's about my dog Cairo that I had in the SEAL teams. The basic gist of the stories covers a little bit of his beginning, a little bit of my beginning, a little bit of his beginning, how we met, some of the training, how that takes part, um, bond that we formed, and then doing some missions together. Covers the uh, the mission that we went and got Osama bin Laden. Then uh, goes through his retirement and my retirement and how we came together at the end and how that all played out. So I guess the kind of overall gist of the story. Where can people get it? They can get anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon, any bookstores. I read the audio version myself so you can get the uh, audio book and hear my voice if you actually like oh, cool. you did it yourself? For some reason. Yeah, I did. It was so much fun. Oh, good. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're having this in your face and you're like i don't know what to do with my hands and just yeah ricky bobby moment ricky bobby hey hey man you know you know they're gonna make a movie about that and i mean like all the great dog movies from old yellow red fern grows uh marley and me you know they're gonna make one about that dog and the fact that your voice played over on it that that's We'll, That's yeah, cool, man. We'll see what happens. That's how I like to look at it when people ask, like, it's a Navy SEAL Marley and me. <laughs> it's crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> see what happens. And crazy so we jump out of airplanes and helicopters. We went through some stuff, man. We we did some – I mean, think about that. The dog that you have at home, everybody at home is the, the dog you love. You can communicate with that dog sometimes. You love that dog. That dog tells you when he needs to go out and feed me. Like, okay, we had that bond. And we got to jump out of planes. I got, to, I got to fast. I never got to skydive with him on my chest. Ah, I wish I was a little more comfortable in the air. We would hand him off to the guys that were, you know, sky gods. Good sky jumpers. God. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to get the dog injured or do something stupid. I never, but, you know, fast rope with him, rappelling with him. All the cool places we got to go, man. Got, so that built the bond. And then just the missions, like the dog saving. He got shot for us. Like, that's cool. Thanks, man. And then so he almost sacrificed your life for us. That's a big deal. And then um, did the UBL mission. Jeez. And then all, and then there's how he was there for me at the end. Yeah, it's a. It's more than just that. I guess somebody was asking me like, "What, what do you want to tell him?" And well, it's just Cairo. Cairo's name's out there, but he was so so much more. Everybody knows him as Cairo, the dog that was on the Bin Laden mission. There's so much more than that. There's so much more that goes into it. <laughs> so much more than oh, all the guys on the team, man. And not even just the team, the whole team, the whole big picture. You know, it took a lot of people for that to get done. Oh, man. Yeah. Good job again, bro. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You hear it a lot, man. Yeah. Good job. Hey, Will, we got, we got to wrap this up by asking you, what's your greatest never quit advice for our listeners? That's just the love y'all's message. Just never quit. Just start listening to That's right. getting through podcast. That's it, man. Like I was going through my tough time and I never quit and reach out. Um, I wasn't reaching out to people. I secluded. And, you know, I might not have. 
stuck a gun in my mouth, but I was drinking myself to death. Let's just say that much. I wasn't in a good place. It's hard to admit your brain that's messing up on you. It's, you know, when you put an alcohol on top of that, it doesn't really mesh so well. I wasn't reaching Not at out. all. It doesn't go so, it doesn't go, you know, reach out to a friend if you think somebody might need to be, because my best friend, Jared Shaw, he reached out to me and he's like, dude, I'm going here. You're coming. I wasn't going to let him go alone, you know, or reach out to somebody. But yeah, just then don't know. Never quit, man. It's always something out there. There's so many good people out there. There's so many modalities. Don't give up on it. Just try this one and give it a good shot. If that doesn't work, we'll try this one. If that doesn't work, try this one. Okay, well, none of those work, but this one and this one together for a certain amount of time worked. Or this one, you know, everybody's different. That's it. Just that's it, man. And and that's what, that's what I found best. Try different things. I get on my knees and pray to God every day and just try to do good things and help people out, do what I can. Yeah, God man. bless you, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you all. I really appreciate it, guys. Great talking with you. Thanks, Will. Yeah, see you in person. Oh, man. Yeah, I got hey, you. I needed this, bro. I'm stuck out here. I'm sitting by wife. I'm not being here alone. <laughs> hey, man, I, I've been needing a team guy. I, I, like, I sneak out to go see my brother. and I, They don't know that, so y'all don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as all this virus stuff down. I secretly down, sneak out to see my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely come out there. Definitely. It's, you know, it's been since the, the kilt event or whatever. So, yeah, it's been a long time. So we'll get out there. Make it happen. All right, guys. Thanks, Will. Yeah, that brother, man. Yeah, we're Thank out. Adios. Later. Will, that was a great interview, man. We can't thank you enough for getting on with us. Can't wait to see you in person whenever the world kind of goes back to normal. Thanks, guys, for coming back and listening to the show every week. It's nice to have a little bit of uh, positivity in our lives with all that's going on. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Even though the audio might not be as perfect as it always is, we didn't want to stop putting out new shows and new interviews, even though we're kind of all separated right now. We wanted to make sure we were kind of bringing, you know, constant positivity, great never quit stories. And, you know, I'd say Will delivered that today. You guys have got to check out his book. It's called No Ordinary Dog. You can get it anywhere books are sold, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, wherever you name it. It's actually a number one bestseller on Amazon right now. It's a story that's definitely worth reading. Hey, if you guys want to follow Will, you can follow him at No Ordinary Dog Book on Instagram. Uh, he's posting lots of great content. You can check out his pups, see his story, find his book, all that good stuff. Thank you guys again for listening to our show every week. It means the world to us. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes and you need to make sure you subscribe to the show, you can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast player to be notified the moment we release a new episode. Hey, make sure to share the episode with a friend. People right now are like looking down the barrel of some negative you know, times in their lives. Maybe people have lost their jobs. Maybe people are bored at home. They can't work. Whatever it may be, sharing these stories kind of can get you out of a rut, get you out of a hard time. So share this episode with a friend. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know we're about to drop some brand new podcast merchandise. You guys are going to love the new shirt we put together. That will be released in the next couple days. You guys need to make sure to check out our Instagram account, team underscore never quit, to be notified the moment we drop it. And if you're on Patreon, you'll actually have the first opportunity to get the new shirts first before anybody else. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Marcus at Marcus Luttrell, Morgan at Mojo Luttrell, and me at Andrew Brockenbush. Thank you guys again. We love doing the show. Check us back next week for another episode.